Hello and welcome to the Chop House podcast. This episode five of the Effort of Wonder series, where we got Owen Lake on, as I wondered who was the man behind Monument Cycling. We discuss everything about the British domestic scene and the things that might need to be looked at to save it. And this insightful conversation, we go from race organisations to discussing social media and how that is affected, and that's how how he does his job basically, and where where he's come from to get to where he is today, managing the digital production company that is Monument HQ uh, or Monument Cycling. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I had an incredible time talking to Owen, and I really hope you enjoy. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's get into the conversation with Owen. I uh, hope you enjoy. Ciao. You could be looking at a thousand pounds per motorbike. So we did like um, buy one get one free for women. Like the 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 most viewed video that I have is 120 million views. What is Monument HQ from your perspective, and why have you called it Monument HQ? <laughs> um, I guess we'll start off with like Monument Cycling is like a. Um, a, f- a full circle agency as it were but it, it does like live social um and video production for generally for like sports teams sports organizations and rights holders um which is the boring part <laughs> <laughs> but um for me it's uh it's a way to like channel all the energy that i had when i stopped racing to put that back into the sport and uh, it's a bit of a cliche but like give something back yeah um, and it ended up being Monument <laughs> Monument Cycling and then Monument HQ. The real kind of boring answer is that I went through hundreds of names. It's a hard thing <laughs> and this to do, isn't it? being like the, the 2020s, you know, like there there were not that many names left. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're about 10 years too late to get in the original tag, weren't you? Yeah, man, I, I wanted like a, a three or four letter domain yeah. name and it's just not happening yeah no not possible <laughs> all gone all yeah, gone so yeah um i read your background was in studying law at university right mm-hmm. so and on your website you said you you dropped it all to go and do the thing that you love to do and as you just said you started you were racing before it. You, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah and then you want to get give it back into that sport um Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was how did, um, how did law Im- influence that that monument hq <laughs> law like you know at the risk of kind of having a um stay in school kids message like it it, <laughs> it was really useful you know it yeah. firstly um evidently i was not good enough to be like a full fully fledged professional cyclist um, so having that backup was massive, but yeah. it, it it gave me an opportunity to like explore how the rest of the world worked. Law in particular is like a very vocational subject. Like it's something that, that is really applicable to everything that happens, um, whether it's like going and buying something, like buying some bread from the bakery or writing a contract with with like um agency clients like it it's it's helped me massively and having that um as an option after i stopped racing was was huge but 
I never really wanted. Don't let my dad hear this. <laughs> like, I really wanted to. <laughs> You're be the honest. one that's going to hopefully promote this as well. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I it it was it was something that you just did. But like my passion was cycling, you know, and yeah. and yeah. I felt um, running my own business, you know, was something that was really cool. And the law actually had taught me how to do. I, I knew the bare bones of like what world I was stepping into. Um, so it was it wasn't something that just like I did at uni and then forgot about and and I I studied at the Open University as well so I could do that okay. while I was racing which was amazing because um, yeah. like you know right now you're you're studying and um I guess like balancing that like how do you even balance that man like, <laughs> like it, it's, physical... it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's difficult but yeah it's always possible and um well we're doing this now aren't we I've got a break <laughs> and we're doing this now so but you must have been at quite a big crossroads going forward. Oh yeah, what, like was that the case. Yeah, yeah. So I finished my degree and um, did like, oh, man, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I, <laughs> I, um, yeah. it, it was like there was no clear path set in my head, you know. So a lot of people will say finish their uni degree and they will, they'll like they'll have jobs lined up or um, they'll, they'll really know what they want to do. Maybe they'll have a, a, a job or an employer that they want to go and do. Um, I I did not have that at all. So I just spent like a, a year or so in the wilderness, like working in my local cafe and <laughs> my local yeah. cycling cafe. Um, and it, yeah, it just it was something that I, I, I just stumbled into, really. Like I, I wanted to give back so my, my local racing league the hog hill yeah. hog hill league oh, um best, best new organizer. yeah man best, Hosk, best hog hill is best it makes champions oh yeah <laughs> Te- teo you know yeah. teo was uh i, I was think i've got 75 percent or something win rate there it's yeah it's, uh, <laughs> oh my it's, God, I, I go there i have to win there that's it that is yeah. my crown gone like you can have that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like any any claim i had to that you can have it um yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the, the Hockey Hill League needed a new organizer. And I was like, well, something to do, something to put on the CV as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this way of staying involved in the sport, like a sport I really loved. So um, yeah, jumped into crucial. that. And and at that point, like I didn't know that I wanted to go full time into like working in the industry of cycling. Like I still yeah. applied for jobs in law and, you know, like local law firms and went through all the processes there. And it was only a few years later once I'd run the hockey league for a bit jumped in the deep end with like the saffron water grand prix and really started going all in on cycling i was like you know what law can take a back seat had like a heart to heart with <laughs> with my parents and i was like i'm gonna take a bit of a risk and, and start my own company because um, you have those crossroads and you can see both paths all the way to the end can't you mm. was was it that was that the case and that one path was a lot more clear than the other pass and the gut instinct was directing you down down that end the the, the path that was really clear was yeah. was law like it's a right. it's a well-trodden path yeah like so um going down that route would have been simple you go and get a you know maybe qualify as a lawyer yeah like i i'd done my degree yeah. but i hadn't done the lpc i hadn't qualified in, yet yeah in terms of clarity it would have been that's laid out every step is clear as as clear as day you know but so in much. terms of for your personal you know clarity kind of you know uh, oh that, yeah 
in, yeah, inside yeah. you that gut that feeling that image in your head and what you wanted to get you talked about the notepad which we'll get onto, but <laughs> you, you had that image of what you wanted to maybe achieve or what could it be possible and yeah I guess like I, that's the clarity um, yeah i i've had a vision for like how cycling should be since i was yeah much much younger since like while i was racing you know um and i found like i found this this notepad the the uh the other day it's years old and i showed it to my now wife who like literally was my girlfriend at the time and i was like oh my god like look at this this is this is what i thought cycling should be 10 years ago and we're not really any closer to that um but but i had this vision and it was something that was close to me something i cared about and i was like well why not try and make this vision a reality or do what i can like chip away at the edges people like gcn and eurosport they have the real power the tour de france but yeah if if i can support that in my own little way in in like our own little corner of the cycling world why not what's the worst that'll happen <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and with that it's just preserving that domestic scene that we had for the 10 years between what 2012 and yeah. well, around that time to 2016 2018 sort of sort of period and just to preserve that is i think so crucial because it was so respected in that time mm. like how yeah. how how do you see is is that is that completely lost or is that still kind of salvageable to be able to <laughs> regain some of that respect that the scene had it's in that it's always salvageable like i i i raced in that time and while yeah. i was you know in terms of domestic scene like the top top level was always um conti pushing on pro conti uh we had teams like rafa rafa condor and then lastly like jlt condor um teams at that level were incredibly good with like incredibly good riders that were the same age as me but I always felt they should have a pathway. Maybe for whatever reason, they weren't going to get to the world tour, but they were definitely good enough to make a living. And these these guys slowly, one by one, like the team started folding, the riders started retiring. And I'm like, you're only like 27, you know, or, or younger and and you're retiring, but you're like world-class. Like, what is going on here? Um, and, and I guess it was this, maybe a misguided hope that I can make it so that people like that don't have to struggle like they 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 there is a career path for them where they can represent uh the teams represent their sponsors and like give hope and kind of inspiration to to young kids that the cycling is something they should do and even to like adults who maybe want to pick up a bike for the first time and go like yeah. first time in 20 years um those those people really should like be supported and um watching that scene wither away was kind of painful but i yeah. I don't think it's if if i accepted that it was gone i'd like it would be very difficult for me to do <laughs> what i want to do yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'd be, I'd be <laughs> myself out of a job wouldn't i yeah. um i i don't think it's gone like i i really think that there's it's always like the these embers burning away and people who want to support it and you just look at like the top level of the sport where we have incredible british riders who have come through the system uh and come through the british cycling scene who are just showing like what th this this talent level that is there um yeah i think this has been one of the biggest years for 
British riders to be getting pro contracts and world tour mm. contracts. Like there's yeah. so many of them getting renewed and brand new contracts. So that's inspiring to see that that generation that's inspired from 2012 is 10 exactly. years later starting to pay dividends there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and, something that, that needs like, it needs nurturing and it needs caring for, but it's like, it's never dead. <laughs> no, no. That, that memory of, while well, that memory of that 2012 period to 2016 is, is still alive, then it will continue to, <laughs> to grow and burn. But you're doing, like you say, that inspiration for adults getting back on the bike, the, 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 the kids that are starting out getting out on the bike, which is where all of us have come from. Mm. You're, you're doing that through your dig, digital production on social media and using that platform. And yeah. Are you, you said, oh no, yeah. You, uh, the last podcast was Inigo Hawkins, and we talked about the power of social media. But it's a it's a powerful platform to be able to achieve that. No, um, massively, massively. Like, so full disclosure, Monument Cycling does actually do work for British Cycling. Like, we we're a partner yeah. that helps deliver the the social. You did side the of recent the one was Beaumont and the Curlew Cup, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, and then we've we've had. Um, a couple of the cyclocross rounds as well sure. uh, yeah, yeah. and like so i get to see both sides of this uh, and see like this this huge organization that is trying to help the entirety of cycling in the uk which is a big ask um and the individuals in that organization as well who really want to do what they can um so you know how they handle it as like a, a national governing body but also how monument cycling as um nowadays like we're a publisher really like we've mm. got tens of thousands of followers we hit something like um hey i mean i'm doing the analytics right now but we hit like 80 million views this year which which is insane um <laughs> and the hope for next year is that we grow even further like we didn't focus on tiktok didn't focus on twitter didn't focus on facebook so like mm. there's there's room for growth there oh for sure but we're reaching millions of people who have an appetite for this sport and this sport in this country as well mm. like that, that's what's happening you're building these these relationships with people who you, you never knew before but you've got this shared love of the, the sport and the sport in the uk um yeah. it's it's so powerful you know it, it, like it's definitely the way forward and it's only going to grow more as as we keep going forward yeah for for me personally the the thing that really captures the essence of what you're doing and what it draws me in is those memories from races and those key moments and the um the inspiration that comes from to aspire to be like that and even some of them are in recent memory. Some of them are more distant memory. The distant memories are obviously the, the brightest for me personally. But even those recent ones, it's like, oh, actually, even a year ago, this scene was still still one of the best going. But yeah, um, at, at the highest, you know, national series level in, in like Beaumont, the, the, the gaps between the first 15 is just unlike anything else. Um, but yeah. that is that's what does it for me those highlight videos from from the past to inspire for the for the future is is the yeah. biggest thing it, that that's kind of um it comes from two levels like there's the um 
my own nostalgia you know like <laughs> i have the editorial stance don't I? So like yeah like editorial control so i look at these people a lot of them i'm racing against and i'm like yeah man this is sick like i want to you know let's for me let's throw back to a recent one like when ian stannard won in the tour of britain in like 2018 oh. like these are my memories here so oh, it's yeah, it's going up it. in my head as well i can yeah, see that it, man i can see that so see clear that and they're like wow and it's you know it, it is inspiring you, you do have this sort of rose-tinted nostalgia about it which makes it even nicer um and it, it's something that i i just i love doing like it it really does um like light a fire in people they're like yeah i want to you know i want to see that and then they think maybe i can be like that and um hopefully going forward like we're, we're putting in a lot of a lot of work to show the current scene as well next year is all about like okay how do we build a scene around the riders we have like everyone knows tom pidcock so how can we make a scene around like about tom like about you like how how can we make people know who you are and when they see a post with you they're just like boom click like you know or share it or yeah. or show their friends like oh wow did you see tom or like rob scott we put something up about him the other yeah. day and yeah. like he he's an incredible rider but people won't know him in the same way that they know um a, a much bigger name i think which... yeah the perfect example of that for me is during a race where we race canyon at uci 2.1 and the in the briefings they give us numbers and you circle the numbers and the people to like everyone does yeah. that you circle the numbers that you want to keep an eye on in that race yeah. none of the british riders were t ticked and circled I think that just goes to say, I was like, no, 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 no. This guy is going to be in the yep. top 10. And they got three in the first breakaway in the top 10. Exactly. So I was like, it's just so, it's so unknown who they are, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that, you know, you, you having, um, you said like a Belgian following as well. Yeah. Like I want other countries to see what the, the British scene has to offer. Like w something that I'm really passionate about is, is how like Legion, of LA have made the, the American scene this big, like um, larger than life thing, and people love it. But there's like a a sense of ownership over the British scene when I'm when people are like, wow, the, the American scene's the best in the world. This is incredible. I want to see you racing, whoever. And I'm like, ah. I mean, obviously the British scene is better, uh, you know. So I want people to to see that, to see it from my perspective, and you know, create this this you know friend friendly competition where people are like wow i want to see justin williams racing rob scott you know or or yeah. whoever i want i want to see this competition between the two um two different scenes and if somebody thinks the american scene's better than the british scene like that's fine but I'd, i want them to see the british scene before they discount it and right now it feels like as you, you're saying there like they're discounting riders that they have no idea who they are but they're they are definitely like pro conti or world tour level like they yeah. just need to be given a shot yeah just that avenue to be able to to go in and get a look in isn't it and mm. and talking on that the, the the scenes and what each aspect has to the, the crit scene in america is without doubt incredible yeah what i would want to see is everyone come to the tour series and have a go <laughs> And see they how they wouldn't know what hit them. They would. <laughs> I, I honestly that... think that. I don't think they yeah. would know. No, I, you know, like I... I... 
it's the, the thought in both our heads is just like everyone would get i mean Whoa. like yeah if if i'm if i'm throwing out there things like tour series is better than the u.s crit scene i've got to back that up so <laughs> you know otherwise <laughs> i'm gonna have people coming at me yeah. um we we like repeatedly have i mean tom tom pidcock has has won races in the british crit scene like can you imagine like he won the national championships when he was a junior like the yeah. national crit champs and like could you imagine turning se- up to a crit 17 i think he was yeah, yeah. Like that's, he and he beat people like john mold who was a commonwealth games medalist yeah um ed clancy who's like an olympian like olympian and world champion like these that that's the level of people that are racing in the british crit scene and um it it that's why i just want to see this competition this like this friendly competition but i want to see people and that's better for the sport as well yeah. if if you have um people going no 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 justin williams or or Corey williams is better like or, or luke lamperti who's like smashing he came over here and, and won yeah. the lincoln grand prix uh and then we're here saying like oh no have you seen the next big thing like it, it, it would just be so good and good for the sport to have that sort of discourse online about it yeah yeah and with that do you do you have your own organizational race entry system am i correct in saying that um you mean like like for for monument cycling yeah yeah well we i've not run a race for a uh, what like since covid so yeah. I was like one of the first to st- when when I could see COVID on the horizon. I was like, I'm not running a race during a like <laughs> a global yeah. health emergency. Money down the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, and putting I, we didn't know what it was when it first came up. So I was like, I'm not putting lives at risk. So we were like we didn't know what it, what it was going to be. But since then, the nature of it is that monument cycling has grown out of that more as a publisher and an agency, helping at like a structural level than an individual level um i I thought i was like if i run one race or 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 a small race series i'm gonna help x x number of people but if i can kind of have something that affects the entire country like that's that's gonna do so much more good so i i made sure like the hog hill league i've i'm i'm good friends with um ian watson who runs team ldn uh and i was like dude like I still want this to run. So here you go. Like if, if you want to run this, you can run it and any profits then he can put into team LDN, his women's elite team, which is awesome. Like it's better, better than me doing, doing nothing with, with this race or not having my whole heart in it. So it was about finding ways that I can do more. And, um, you know, going back to the idea of like a, a race entry system, like the, things like that are all about how you can improve the whole aspect of the sport so we did like um buy one get one free for women like which seemed to blow some people's minds and i was like this is not like <laughs> this is like marketing 101 you know um mm. we we're trying to encourage women to race yeah. so why not give yeah. them cool deals um yeah. <laughs> and and it firstly it worked and secondly it showed that if you think outside the box of just the bc race system yeah like there are ways that you can you can help the sport and go about things in in your own way that the the have a real positive impact yeah that's the biggest thing that i 
from being a student and being around those kind of students that are they like they love the sport and they love cycling and they want to race but that race entry to things like national bees and those those other sort that, that that higher level racing that they can do but those entries are just too expensive it's to so justify like and it's I don't like even know, what is it now like 35 30, quid or something? Like, yeah oh my like, why would yeah. you do that? Belgium's still no. like five or ten euros, isn't it? And you get uh, ten, five back. Ten, yeah, <laughs> ten euros for a non-Belgian license holder. Yeah, that's that's. And you you get so five crazy. from just finishing in the top twenty. Yeah, you get half your money back just by finishing in the top. T- uh, just no, just by handing your number back, you get five back. Yeah, there, there are just like doing that. There, there are you know there are like infrastructure and logistical reasons for this difference. Yeah, uh, and almost like problems that we we cannot solve on on our level because it's like government local government and police like they they have these requirements and we have to fulfill them belgium will have different requirements but why not just put on cool races in different places that don't need you know you don't have to put on a race that's going to be really expensive or put on more circuit races on purpose-built tracks you know like there, there are ways to bring these costs down or just like don't like we didn't really make a profit on Hog Hill League. Like, you know, we, we were giving entries away to, to people to just give back to the sport and encourage them to race. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't think a lot of people are trying to make a profit, but they should go into it. Like, I just want to just... They can't be making losses. Even I'm going to look at the yeah. cheapest way to get people into the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's how you grow. And um, But I don't know. I say that I shouldn't really be like encouraging people to not make money. That feels like a bad thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when when you're in the state of the costs, the costs though that it does put onto race. I think I read somewhere it's like a thousand pounds just for That's the insane. police hi- police hiring. And I'm like, huh? yeah, like, yeah. Well, how, how if if yeah. you're running a big big race like uh, national series level, and you need police motorbikes, you could be looking at a thousand pounds per motorbike. Like that, that's, yeah, I know, man, like that's crazy. Yeah, if that, mm. and that's not, a co- like we can't do anything about it. We can't negotiate that price. No. That's, I think that's what it was in that's, S6. That's for full close, full race closure, right? That's like a rolling road road closure. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. same sort of thing the Tour of Britain will have. So, yeah. you know, you can imagine the costs of, of something like the Tour of Britain or just a national yeah. series race. If you need 10 motorbikes, police motorbikes, mm. even if you get a good deal from them, <laughs> you're still in, well into the thousands just just for the police motorbikes before you even think yeah. about anything else yes. um it's it's painful mm. <laughs> it really is um and you know we see it with some of the big races that inflation is is making every cost go up and yeah and they're struggling they're struggling that's so. the biggest challenge that we've got to face at this point isn't it then yeah 100 yeah. percent. like it's and there's nothing there's nothing really we can do about it you know these are yeah. like global issues causing like inflation and price rises on a national level like this what what are we meant to do as like riders or race organizers like all we can do is try and make the sport more attractive so that the sponsors want to be a part of it and will pay and cover those costs which is where monument cycling is now like coming in that's what i'm trying to do and yeah help help race organizers and show that there's a scene so yeah you can do that that'll you know make a small difference that'll be nice you said on the website you're a two oh it's on the website you're under events and you got a partnerships um team member as well it mm-hmm. cannot just be two of you 
no, no, like so. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> it, yeah. It's that, that would be very impressive. But, it's, it is yeah. a lot less than you think. Like, um, so Toby's Toby's great. He he um, helps more. Like, we've got some ideas for for bike races, and um, he's leading more on the partnership side of that um, more than anything. Then obviously there's me, and I I don't know what you'd call me a, a bad manager. <laughs> I don't know. Um, not, not from what I can see, mate. It's cheers. <laughs> um, and then there's there's a lot of just help and support behind the scenes. Like you yeah. know, I've got people who just offer ideas, or I might come up against a problem I've never seen before, and they 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 may have, and they'll be like, "Yeah, man, this like this is how I've dealt with that in the past." Um, but like, it's, yeah, there's but most of it is just me. <laughs> like that really, it really is i've got um a guy harry johnson he's good yeah. shout out to harry um he helps with like design stuff and video editing and, and things like that you know he he does a great job helping there um and script writing as well and like there are a few kind of freelancers as well that, that we use for the agency work um sure but i'm the only full-time employee of my <laughs> so it's do you do some of the digital production yourself uh, a lot of it yeah a lot of I it never thought i'd be doing like yeah yeah man i i um i i never did like it or whatever i played games and stuff when i was a kid i, I was a bit of a nerd which is cool <laughs> and now i do a huge amount of video editing design work photoshop like the these things that i never thought i'd be able to do completely self-taught pretty much yeah like it's <laughs> and and you're like cheers um you know now i, I do work as well for like velon you know so yeah this is literally the highest level of the sport and someone like it's proven that somebody who's self-taught like i studied law like what's that got to do with it but now i'm producing like the 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 most viewed video that i have is 120 million views like you know so you can learn how to do these things just the with brain can't training. comprehend that man that's insane yeah, I'm pretty sure that's more than the number of people that really are like into cycling. I think we tapped into like comedy or something. Yeah, some, something like probably. that on the algorithm. I don't know yeah. how. <laughs> yeah, there's n- there's not that many cycling cycling fans in the world. Surely not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah that social media you can just hit so many different target audiences. It's like it's not just in the newspaper that you just targeting the British scene. Like it just goes all around the world that anyone can see what's going on here. And if if you make it exciting enough, that Peacock, that um, Wembley tour series, I've just got engraved in my head when when Peacock won that. And it's like, everyone had a chance to see that with, with the content that you you've been putting out. Cause Mm. obviously in recent years, that video uh, coverage of the races has decreased, but yeah. um, I think um, the guys at Sweet Spot who run the tour series have been really good, like kind of adopting uh, this forward-looking way of doing it. And, and I, I have worked with them and um, they've been really great with that and seen the the work that we can do to like bring on the sport. And as you said, like that Tom Pidcock Wembley thing happened years ago, but if we can give it a new lease of life now... Um, that's brilliant. And and maybe those sponsors or those teams don't exist anymore, but the next sponsor or team might be like, 
yeah i want to be a part of that i want to i want to yeah. get involved um yeah. which is why it's so great like you with this podcast like people like you who want to do something for the sport and reach more people like you know there, there's nothing to stop you becoming like the next uh, like lantern rouge or something like that <laughs> like that that would be cool you know but we but but for you to be british based focusing on the british scene like that would be sick i'd really yeah. <laughs> that's um that's Drop something off I, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh i don't know how we can get there i'll do my best yeah. i'll, I'll yeah. try and help maybe in a few years maybe you can be years. like a host does monument cycling need hosts yet we could we could do that heard it here first. idea idea on the notepad for you yes, yeah <laughs> <laughs> how, how much of that notepad has come come to fruition however many years later when did you start this project by the way so monument cycling was uh like incorporated november 2017 that's when that's sure. when it like officially started this notepad oh man i can't even think how old that is I congratulations on five uh, years of being incorporated. yeah fight on my head still said three like i literally thought it was <laughs> three years oh it's terrible um i think this this notepad and the kind of concept is like 10 years old and what has been really reassuring yeah. is seeing like gcn have mm. come in and They've they've managed to do like a lot of the things you know GCN and and kind of discovery like because there's mm. Eurosport and discovery they're doing a huge amount of good for the for the scene which is massive um, but there's still a lot to go like there's there's still a lot on this and I've got you're like nobody's allowed to see the huge pile of sheets of paper notes that I've got hidden down here you know I was tidying up I'm like I'll chuck them there. Um, every day having like new ideas and it's like this could work this could work this could work i remember seeing um eminem had like a notepad like reams of paper um and, and someone's like can i read that he's like no no like these these are not ideas for anyone to see but they're just his like brain <laughs> like vomiting it out onto a piece of paper and that's I can how just imagine them all across that wall behind you and then you just oh, this, them all down. My, my wife does project management and she's like i need oh. to wean you off of notepads <laughs> yeah. but it's something satisfying about like i've got an yeah, idea yeah. to write it down yeah um, it's, it's not the same as typing on the laptop is it no, it's, it's, it's not quite the same like it feels like it disappears there. i know it's not like if anything it's it's more permanent really if i put it on a on the yeah. cloud but i like to write it down scribble through it cross through it and yeah. it, i can draw things and get these ideas out and even if they're rubbish ideas like they're, they're not anything that's ever going to see the light of day it's just it's it's like a creative process for me just throwing down it's like if i'm coming up with titles for a youtube video i'm i'm gonna write like 10 20 different titles and 19 of them are never gonna get used but but that one that does you're like well it's it's gonna be a good one beating the other other load and how important is that just sitting on that content and just making sure it's good because you said 10 years in in the notepad you just writing ideas right just to get the right ideas before before you start implementing them yeah we like we've got harry made an incredible video for the tour of britain um but because the tour of britain got cut short like we'll just sit on this for next year like we're gonna sit on it for a whole year because because we think like i think it's such a good idea like yeah yeah and we could put it out over winter 
or and there are a lot of videos that we've got like that and a lot of ideas you could put them out now but you could put it out at this exact moment and whether that moment is next year for a particular race or if that moment is like five years time when some other things might have happened or, or it's an idea that you've got sitting there hoping that a certain situation happens maybe with a rider or something like that and if it never happens it never happens but if it does yeah. like you've got that idea and you can go you know click boom that's that's ready to go um, so that recency and trend as it were on mm. social media is so important to that reach and getting your content seen just out of recency yeah. is that is that the key yeah exactly it, i guess so we like i'd rather sit on an idea to hear at the right moment than put it out as at the wrong time like you know the the diff we see this with like the work we do with velon um mm. something like a race finish you know velon you've got um at every major race so like let's say il lombardia like you could have the race finish you want that race finish to go up straight away you know like having that almost being instant is is mm. super important um if if you leave that even a few days you're going to get much 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 less engagement so timing things right on social media is is huge and it's because it's an algorithm like it yeah. you know i've got to play to the whims of algorithms <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't yeah. they don't care they just care about what's good and like what's yeah. recent what what's gonna hit properly and i mean the instagram one is notably quite difficult and you said you hadn't reached out into tiktok quite quite yet or to the same extent you've done tic, uh, instagram so yeah i the, guess that TikTok, could bring some more success tiktok we've we've we've, we've got like i think we've got like t uh, 10 million views on there right now hmm. um and a whole a whole backlog of instagram posts that we know what works that we can put up there um yeah. but it's you know it's just this huge other world that we've not explored yet you know so we, yeah. we understand instagram that works we've got a following there we're building a following on tiktok and that's like something that i'm pretty passionate is going to be one of the next big um, I mean, it's already a huge platform, but it's it's going to be big. Um, next project, yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, for us, like it's going to be a big yeah. next project. Yeah. Um, so there's there's still a lot to learn on these things. Like, the you know, like podcasting. Like I did a few podcasts and I couldn't work it out, but your podcasts were pretty damn good. And like, I swear you're getting more views than I, uh, and listens than I was. So it's, it's it's taking what you're strong at and what you're good at and just honing in on that and, and dominating that one space and th then moving on to the next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> with that bit, putting it on YouTube, then I'm slowly tapping into that video editing, however easy it is to edit a podcast because it is pretty much one conversation and you only need to chop out a little bit that you don't want me to put out. But it's just <laughs> starting those those little tips and tricks there and hopefully maybe one day you get into that video space lantern rouge as she said because there's mm. a, you know they're... huge like you know oh, before so like big. before this i was listening to a, a different podcast i listened to you know yeah. I'm, I'm just going around the house doing things or, or working um yeah. and that's that's why i initially i started off in podcasts for me it just wasn't something that i uh could really excel at and i was like okay you know kind of 
return on investment of my time, I'll put my time somewhere else. And that's why, like, when I look at you doing this, I'm like, like, keep doing it. You know, this, this is exactly what, what, what we need and what we need in the sport and what we need, particularly in the British cycling scene is more people like, yeah. like you coming up and creating content and, and showing that there are these personalities that are worth following because from this, you'll have fans. You'll have people that go like, oh, I want Tom to win this race. And you know, that that's yeah. massive. You think formula one, like you could have a video or, or photo of Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton, like no other context, but people will like love it. They're, they will devour that content. And that's what we need, you know. Maybe we won't quite get to the same level as as Formula One, but I mean, we've got the Netflix series coming next year, haven't we, for the Tour de France? And I think we're going to have to every cycling to an elite level has to take, you know, that is our job when Mm -hmm. that comes out. We have to promote that like crazy to the people that don't watch that, um, that that don't watch that regularly or intentionally like we that's our job to put it in front of them like this is the sport that i'm doing this is important information this is c- good information on how it goes yeah is it like, exciting you, is it exciting yeah, for I, you i don't know about you but when i heard this was happening i was like oh my god it's like yeah. cycling's going mainstream what the hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mad yeah. you uh, saw what it did for f1 and f1 was even though it's in a higher pay bracket is a very similar to sport to cycling in terms yeah. of its structure it's a more niche sport in terms of it's only got 20 drivers and 10 teams. Yeah. But in terms of the way the sponsors are rounded up, the way the way the drivers are, uh, are chosen, the way the drivers act around each other, it's all very, very, very similar. And mm. I think even though it is a grander sport in terms of its paycheck, it's, it's still possible to achieve that level of growth that they've seen. Yeah, uh, with the Netflix series, so a hundred percent. Like, do you do you think that we're gonna see, uh, like, firstly, Drive to Survive? I've not watched that yet. My wife doesn't want to watch it, so I like, <laughs> you know, we normally watch similar things. So I'm like, um, sitting on that, waiting for an opportunity when I have the TV free. But um, I even just seeing the clips from it, like, I I see, it's it's more than just on Netflix. It's created this yeah. whole ecosystem of content. And I, I can see that happening with the World Tour of Cycling. But I don't know if that's going to trickle down. Like, you know, are we going to have trickle down economics of drive to survive or ride to survive? I don't know. Like, I, ho- I hope so. I really yeah. hope so. Because it's a, it's a great opportunity to expand what the Tour de France is rather than just a 200k flat stage. Mm. And it was just, it was so good that this year's tour was one of the best in recent memory. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and for, for, I mean every yeah. every year now it seems like it seems like it's getting better and better. Like it, yeah, and that's that's something that if we see that for the world tour scene, why can't we see that for the British scene? And you know, rather than if Jura Ace can trickle down into one hundred and five, why can't World oh Tour God. trickle down into hopefully British? not in the same way? Because like one hundred and five is so expensive now. Like what's yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going on there, man? Yeah, uh, um, yeah. no, but it's but, like he's is that something that you with this yeah like this whole podcast the content that you create around it are you looking at ways already to try and like capitalize on this i haven't thought about that but in terms of 
my career, I'm just trying to keep as many options and opportunities open and just to mm. expand that water. Um, first with that communication and then with my experience in the sport, the amount of tactical ideas that I've got in my head. I look at a Lantern Rouge video. I'm like, you missed about 10 there, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, something that I I'm see not, I'm not big enough yet and I don't have enough of that following to share that yeah. with people because if I share that, then I'm just giving away information for free. And I, yeah, I do think it's good information. So That's something that, that it, it is almost a problem with social media, I see. You know, you, you race at an elite level. You understand the sport. You understand what's happening in races. Um, and you'll have a different take on things to Lantern Rouge. Um, you know, some things that they're, they're, they're so astute him, him and, um, and Benji, like they, they oh, pick yeah. up on I things can... that you wouldn't normally pick up on. And like, that's yeah. shown from the fact that, that Jumbo Visma like hired them to, yeah. to do video analysis and race analysis. But I'm sure you will still have different opinions. Like I definitely yeah. have different opinions when watching like, their videos. I'm it's like, the background no, that you have, isn't it? Like, yeah. And it's... he's come from law and, as well like you yeah true you know um, he's got that aspect to look on yeah but he's not you know they they've not got the background in elite racing that that you or i might have and i think there are like voices like yours that really need to be um amplified but right now as you say like if if you say disagreed with something on his video or or like one of my takes on my videos people would be like ah oh, yeah but who are you and it's like that that shouldn't be the way but unfortunately it is with social media that there are like yeah uh, these these smaller expert voices are kind of drowned out by um the super fans of of the much wider scene yeah. um which is yeah. it, it feels like a shame but hopefully something that we can you know try to yeah. cultivate a community in cycling and british scene where that's not the case where like an expert can stand up and say, well, actually this, this is probably how it should be. And people will yeah. stop and pay attention and listen. Um, that's, you know, kind of one, one of the dreams I I have with the community that we're building with monument. Like it's more, more inclusive, more open. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully less toxic than F1 Twitter. We've got to make sure it, it's a, it's a nice chill place where you can just be like, that was incredible. Yeah. Or, we all love cycling. Yeah, so exactly. You know, it's I've never been, I've never been too um, like uh, stuck up on one rider or one team, you know? So like if I, if I want, well, I don't know, Wout van Aert to win a race, if Julian Alaphilippe wins or Vanderpool wins, I'm not. I'm not going to be like ah. I'm not going to be angry. Yeah. You know, I'm just so long as so long it was it was spectacular. It's exactly. Like... I'm more interested in the racing, and that's yeah. what where like Monument has come from, is giving this like equal representation to every team, every rider, whether they won the race or not. Yeah. Just trying to find the stories, trying to find yeah. where, like where we can tell a really interesting narrative. Uh, that could be anyone doesn't have to be our favorite rider and yeah. and and that way we can you know give other people the option and and they can decide who they support or who they don't like it's always the entertainers that get the big, biggest clout in the sport isn't it you might have not won the stage but if you gave it some grit and entertainment halfway through and pushed it right to the end you yeah. get as much you get as almost as much as winning that race because you've you've made that race as it were 
Yeah. Which, that's... But it's that has a flip side, which is on, yeah. on social media. Yeah, um, you don't see that. The, yeah, the biggest entertainers on social media are not necessarily the people um, that deserve to, to, you know, had a great performance, but maybe they didn't, they didn't talk about it afterwards. Yeah. You know, so we, we like Monument's job is to highlight them as well. If, they, if they're not going to speak for their own achievements, yeah. you know, if I can recognize them and, and give them a wider platform, I'm going to do that. And the people who can speak for themselves, like awesome, we, we can help them and amplify them. But it's not a, for me, it's not a personality contest where there's one winner. It needs to be like where everyone, like ev- everyone wins. It's like everyone wins or no one wins for me. Like that's the way that I, I see it. You know, there's a there's a football team and people can name every rider on that football team. Uh but every rider on that football team, every player on that football team. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there's like people can name every player on a football team, but they might only be able to name one pro cyclist. I want them to be able to name every pro rider on a team. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that that's where we've got to be able to amplify their voices if they're not going to do it for themselves, if they don't feel comfortable doing that for themselves. Yeah, I, I can see that. I've, I've felt that in the past and I think I've recognized that what you're saying there and that is the biggest thing to be able to blow your own trumpet a little bit. And Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't do it with Monument. Like coming on this podcast, yeah. I was like, I, didn't want, I, don't, I don't want to be the face of Monument Cycling, yeah. but... Yeah. I have to be. Because that throws my title out of the water. <laughs> what, yeah. what was the title of it? <laughs> it was like, the, uh, I think it was just a working one, but who was the man behind Monument HQ? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? I I, yeah. I chose very early on that this was going to be like Monument Cycling, not Owen Lake Cycling. This this yeah. was This was not me. This was not about me. This was about helping the sport and... I very reluctantly have become the the face of monument cycling. And I realize now that I have to be more public and speak more and yeah. have opinions that people can, can agree or disagree with, but that will help in turn grow monument, which will help grow the, the British cycling scene. Um, but that's not necessarily a role that I wanted it to be. You know, I kind of liked anonymity. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's nice, but yeah, it is nice to be, that private self and only put out what you you need to put out but when you need to put a face on it then that's that's when it gets scary and real yeah i guess that's the stage that i'm at with this podcast and going into next year and beyond i need to start putting that face more importantly that voice to what i'm doing well you're Um, you're doing it incredibly with this like you i started a podcast that didn't have my face in it this this podcast has your face like people can can learn who you are and start to build a relationship with you because they they see you um when i started the the monument cycling youtube channel i like i literally asked around friends and people like could you be the presenter because i didn't want to be the presenter now now i have to be the presenter but that you know yeah that's fine and and that means that people can build those relationships with with everyone in the sport not just the riders but the the media creators the, the yeah. journalists the reporters um yeah. people like uh, robin davidson uh on on twitter i think it's davidson robin <laughs> she's just she's robin. robin you know oh, robin robin, robin yes, on, exactly robin. Yeah. yeah 
Robin on Twitter, you know, like yeah. people build a relationship with her and they like her her viewpoint on the sport. And that's what you're doing here. And I think, you know, even if you felt you didn't want to to have a public persona, well, you do now and it's a good yeah. one. So like yeah. <laughs> lean okay. into it. You know? I appreciate that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because with the news next year and beyond, it is important with, you know, sponsors and just people in that yeah. supporting corner really and just have that backing. But yeah. Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Like if, if I was running a team and I had two riders of equal ability, and one of them had a million followers and one of them had 10. I'm going to choose the million followers, you know, and my sponsors are going to choose the million followers. Like it, it simply does not matter. These, these teams are businesses at the end of the day and they have businesses supporting them. So if they can get that Avenue out into another country where they can then get their sponsors name out there, because this team is, yeah, it's a Belgian team. People know of it as a Belgian team, but if I can put bring that over to Europe, like I've yeah. done with the other three teams that I've been on, it's like, oh, actually, that's that's Mini Disco. Or, yeah, and it's yeah. a it's a global world now. Like yeah, exactly. you know, the the idea. I think it was um, that yeah, that was it. The Cavendish, who should have been running for his record, Eddie Merck's record breaking mm. Tour de France yeah. stage win this yeah. year. Um, yeah he wasn't taken and one of the the arguments against taking him was like ah quick step or a belgian team with belgian sponsors i'm like do i get adverts for quick step here in the uk you know like this this is a global world and most sponsors you have cash to throw into a team have some sort of global or international presence yeah you know i think how in- incredible that would have been to have Cavendish win like that will that that will go down in history and Quickstep have lost that chance now in in all likelihood like he, he's going to B and B hotels or yeah they will have a historic photo and historic clip of Cavendish in that jersey if he breaks the record and and like people fans Patrick, it wasn't just like, British people that wanted to see that was oh, it no, you had the whole world it's it like, so, like yeah the UK the US they're two of the biggest markets in the world like like why why wouldn't you want to um sell and and have a a huge event for them for them like that yeah. it blew my mind and if if I was one of Patrick Lefebvre's sponsors I would have been like dude what are you doing like, like we we sell to these countries you know or or we want to sell to these countries we want to grow in these countries why not like yeah. you can either have one you know one stage win from from one rider or you can have a historic stage win in an english-speaking country like well um it, it just you know that that's kind of me going off on a rant on a tangent but it felt like a something that made no sense and i'm sure it ties into something on a wide <laughs> on a wider scale it's like, i don't yeah. know what somewhere I'll leave that to you. yeah yeah uh yeah but yeah you say he's he was he is he's a catalyst for me i watched him on guildford town center high street coming up in the world champs in 2012 that was that was one that stuck in the memory oh man that was Um, insane that was an incredible win absolutely incredible yeah like 30 second sprint up there 
full mm. gas on the left hand side, the right hand side on the smooth section. Yeah. When it was actually rough cobbles. Yeah, it's cobbles. Um, yeah. Because well, they resurfaced it, resurfaced it two years later, and yeah. so he it was the when it was rough cobbles, and yeah, I had yeah memories from there. Is that's yeah. where it, that you got that image of the world champion up there is. Uh, that's that's what kind of inspire inspires me to go forward so exactly uh, and that's that's yeah. what you know if if those things aren't televised or maybe they're televised on like uh kind of some some form of legacy media like you know terrestrial not terrestrial like you know the, the televised normally yeah. that's not where young people are spending their time young people are spending their time on social media on youtube mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're getting clips DM'd to them or, or through WhatsApp or Snapchat or anything. Like yeah. if you're not utilizing that and the Tour de France like doesn't, as far as I'm concerned, they don't they don't jump on that in the same way that other sports have when we look at what Formula One does. Like they yeah. just own social media. I think they yeah. were the most engaging sporting league in the world. Um there's so much growth that cycling could have. And I would rather the people saw cycling thought, I want to ride a bike rather than go like, I want to support motorsport, you know, or, or, or any other sport, but certainly in like the wider concept uh, the f- context yeah, of where the future is. Yeah. Know. Like I, I would yeah. rather people want to ride a bike. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being here, Owen. I hope your time at the chopper house was good. Man, I hope, uh, hope you want to be back at, in the future. A hundred percent. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you very much for being such a great host as well. Appreciate it. Well, that was Owen Lake. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too, folks. Uh, thank you very much to Owen for his time in joining me for this conversation. Very much needed conversation about the British cycling scene and the way it's heading and what we can do about it. You can find Owen on all the links down in the description and please leave a like and subscribe because it does help the channel out and uh, keeps it growing in in the direction that I I envisage it. So uh, please, please do support the channel and I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Have a great day. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you soon. Ciao.